yes, we've been going through the subject of prayer, um, just encouraging myself and encouraging, hopefully, us to come before God regularly, consistently, effectively, fervently in prayer. And we are going to carry on on that sort of theme. And I want to talk this morning about persistence in prayer. We have been going through the story of um, Elijah. We've mentioned it. We've dropped into the story um, a few times over the last few weeks. Obviously, coming out of the book of James, um, he is referred to as a man who both prayed powerfully and effectively. Um, So I want to pick up the story. So the story so far goes something like this. Elijah had challenged the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And all day long, these prophets, these false prophets, are crying out to their God to to do something. They're cutting themselves. They are in desperation. They are absolutely just trying to get this God's attention. Nothing happens. You know the story? Absolutely nothing. No answer comes whatsoever. Then it says, at the time of evening sacrifice, Elijah repairs the altar and he prepares for sacrifice. And he prayed just once and the fire fell from heaven it just it changed everything in a moment it consumed the sacrifice and he proved in one moment that jehovah is the one true god that there is no other god like jehovah no other god like him not even comes close and the nation returned to god that particular day now bear in mind this follows three years of drought Okay, there's been no rain for three years and there still is no rain. So I want to pick up the story. You want to turn your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 18, picking it up in verse 41. It says this, And Elijah said to Ahab, Go, eat and drink, for there is the sound of heavy rain. Now, stop for a second. Elijah is the only person who hears the rain. Because he's hearing it in the spirit. There's, there, there is no, everybody's looking around thinking, nothing. Nothing, nothing. So Elijah says, go, because there's a sound of heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. Go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and he looked. There was nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time the prophet reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot, go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose A heavy rain started falling and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah and he tucked his cloak into his belt. He ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Then back in James chapter 5 verse 16 it says this. The power of a righteous, sorry, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Let's just pray for a moment. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these wonderful Old Testament stories that tell of your 
your power and your goodness, Lord, and also your judgment. But Lord, we Lord, we pray, Lord, as we come to your word today, Father, that you would teach us. Father, we pray, God, we would be persistent in our prayers. Father, teach us, Lord God, to, to keep pressing and to keep waiting on you. Father, not to give up, but to be persistent and to keep going. And Lord, we need your help in this. So, Father, as we listen to your word now, Father, that you just apply it to our lives, to our hearts, that we may honor and glorify your name this morning. We pray that in your precious name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Elijah was a man who not only believed in prayer, but he also persisted in prayer. It only took one prayer to call down fire from heaven, but it took persistent prayer to call down rain. So he prayed and he continued to pray for rain until the servants reported that he saw this cloud the size of a man's hand. And Elijah models true, believing, and persistent prayer. So my question to you this morning is very simply this. How often do we not get what God has promised you because you have stopped praying? See, if Elijah had prayed once for rain... And stopped, there'd be no rain. If he, if he had prayed twice, no rain. If he'd prayed three times, no rain. Four, you get the picture, yeah? It took seven times. Now, there's seven is a, is a significant biblically, but it doesn't mean, say, if you pray seven times that God's going to answer your prayer either, okay? It's the principle of persistence in prayer, of keeping going and keeping going. And much of life is filled with periods of just waiting for something to happen. Isn't it? Those of you who are creative types will understand this perhaps better than most. So composers or writers or inventors, they eventually get the breakthrough. um, They eventually get those breakthrough moments when everything seems to come together, but much of their time they're spent waiting for that moment. I like to watch action films. I live with, with two women, so I don't get to do that very often. Um, unfortunately, but actually I really like those, you know the, the, the Mission Impossible series of films, I really like them because they're just, they're exciting, they're action-packed. However, if you were to speak to one of those real live special agents, MI5 or MI6, they would probably tell you that probably 99% of their time is boring and drudgery. It involves waiting and more waiting to be ready for those moments of excitement, of adrenaline-packed action. But most of the time, they wait. And over the last few weeks, we have been talking about prayer. And it's very easy to give the idea or the impression that prayer is this action-packed spiritual activity that brings breakthrough after breakthrough. And that every time that I pray, it's exciting and it's dramatic Listen, of course there are times when that is the case, when prayer is thrilling, when God's presence is powerful, but there are also times when prayer is a struggle. And honestly, it can be the very worst moments of my life, and I wonder why on earth I bother. There are many mornings I force myself out of bed, I make myself a double shot of espresso coffee just to get myself going, and then I make myself begin to pray. And my prayer life is much more like those real MI5 agents than those um, high adrenaline ones that you see on films like Ethan Hunt or James Bond. 
it's more about waiting than direct encounter with God or breakthrough or even immediate answer to prayer. There is a persistence in prayer that Elijah understood that I have found to be a reality in my prayer life and that you need to understand in yours. I think that's what Paul meant when he said in 2 Timothy 4 verse 2 about being faithfully consistent and to be prepared in season and out of season. And and Paul exhorts us to be prepared to preach and to pray, my addition by the way, pray, at all times, even out of season. You must be faithful with or without a sense of accomplishment, whether you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit or not. And Paul, Paul's letter to Timothy was probably the last letter he wrote before he died. And it, would, it seemed that Paul didn't want to go to heaven and leave Timothy with the impression that Christian ministry is always accomplished with a great sense of God's presence or that preaching and prayer is always exciting and happy and easy. You see, when God shows up in season... Prayer is easy. Oh, it's so easy to pray and to press into the things of God. But out of season, in between those times when you wait and you wait and you wait, when God seems to hide his face, this is what Isaiah talks about in in Isaiah 45, 15. It says, truly you are a God who has been hiding himself, the God and Savior of Israel. Psalm 10 verse 1 says a similar thing. He says, why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Do you ever feel like that when you pray? God, where are you? You feel like, I, I do sometimes. See, a lot of the time when we pray, it's very ordinary and sometimes it's difficult because we are battling. There's a battle going on within us as we wait on God. And unfortunately, it's not unusual for my mind to wander into other things, into, into the difficulties and the challenges that I'm be pondering during that, that week that I'm in. Or my mind even gets filled with things that are anything but godly. And I am supposed to be praying in the presence of God. I'm supposed to be there before the Holy God. And my mind's thinking of, of rubbish. What's going on? Can this be prayer? And I'm left wondering, how can God bless me and these prayers if this is the very best that I have got to offer to him? But here is the mystery of prayer. You may not feel particularly spiritual. You may not even be enjoying God's manifest presence, but he can still be powerfully at work in you. Jackie Pullinger, who worked with the drug dealers in Hong Kong says that her ministry took off when she began to pray in tongues for 15 minutes a day by the clock. She literally set her watch and she prayed for exactly 15 minutes. She said, I felt nothing. But that was when we began to see conversions. And surely this proves that God, when God hides his face, he only appears to hide his face. So when there's no sense of his presence, it's our subjective feeling that is at work. And it does not mean it's true. God is with you whether you feel he is or whether you don't. As I said last week, the presence of the Holy Spirit is wonderful and the peace and the joy is incredible. I love it when I feel him resting upon me, when I enjoy his presence. There's nothing quite like it. 
But you must be so careful that you remember that your feelings do not affect how much the Holy Spirit is at work. It's not about your feelings. It's about Him. And I am convinced that God holds back a sense of His his presence when we pray to test us, to see how much we will persist in prayer. You see, it's easy to pray when you feel His presence. It's hard to pray without it, but you must keep praying. And you must remember that His presence is with you whether you feel Him or whether you don't. And God is pleased with you. Perhaps he's even more pleased with you in those moments when you persist in prayer and faith and you rely on him without a sense of his presence. When you continue to pray and to wait on God, even when you feel nothing, you honor God and he delights in you. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And faith is only faith when you carry on believing without any tangible evidence that you've got it right. See, if you have that evidence, and of course it's only natural that we'd want that evidence, it wouldn't be faith. And the greater the sense of God's presence, the less faith that is required or is needed. There's been seasons in my life when the Holy Spirit has moved powerfully. Times where there's been such a sense of joy and and, and even laughter in his presence. And the presence of the Holy Spirit has just come on waves upon waves. Remember a prayer meeting where there's just a sense of of God just pouring his his love and his his joy and and just just laughing in his presence. The very next morning, I'm back in work again. Those waves of the Spirit are still coming. I remember locking myself in the bathroom just to enjoy God's presence, just to laugh in his presence. In those moments, not much faith is required. You simply stand back and you watch God at work. But God has called you to live by faith, not by sight. Hebrews chapter 11 is the classic chapter on this, demonstrating our faith, gives us the stories, the heroes of the Old Testament. And it defines this, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So how can you be certain of what you cannot see? Well, that is what makes faith, faith. And God has promised to bless those who rely on his word and who live by faith. Abraham, Abraham left everything. He walked by faith. He he left his family, his home, and he just walked wherever God told him to walk. Noah, Noah chose to have faith in God. He spent years building a big boat. The people made fun of him. They thought he was crazy. Listen, we would have thought he was crazy. There's no water for miles around. There's no rain to be seen. It just seems a ludicrous idea, Noah. But he walked by faith. He put his faith in God. And that is what prayer is so often like. It is carried out by faith alone. It's by faith alone that you that the fin- through the finished work of Jesus on the cross that you are saved. It's by faith alone through Christ's shed blood that you are clothed in his righteousness. But it's also by faith that you pray and that you keep on relying on God's promises even when you feel nothing. 
this pleases God. You're justified by faith and you live by faith, which means you pray by faith. And God allows dry seasons and even out of seasons when when he seems to hide his face from you so that you will grow in faith and that you and you can see how much he is pleased with you. He allows you to be tested and to go through trials and even holds back answers to prayer for your growth so that you can see how much you love him. Notice what I've said there, how much you love him. God doesn't need to know. He knows. He know, God knows the end from the beginning. He knows your heart better than you know yourself. This is so that you can see how much you love him. So when you persist in prayer, you get to see how much you love Jesus and how strong your faith has become. I know what it's like to pray without a sense of God, wondering if I'm just talking to myself. Biblically and theologically, I know I'm not. But experientially, that's the way it feels. It just feels empty sometimes, and it's not easy. I also know what it's like to preach and feel nothing, to stand in front of you and to pray inwardly, Lord, let me get through this sermon as quickly as I possibly can. I have had enough of this, and I think they have as well, Lord. Just get me out of here somehow. Only to discover that God has used that very sermon to save someone or to speak powerfully into a person's life. And perhaps you've prayed for someone who needed healing and yet as you've prayed for them, you feel absolutely nothing. In fact, even the person that you're praying for is feeling absolutely nothing. But God hears and answers prayer when you least expect it. And you discover later that that healing started in that moment when you prayed. And you need to be content and to be praying in and out of season. You are to be persistent in prayers at all times when you feel God's presence strongly, but also when you think he's absent from you. See, when you feel nothing, you pray in faith and by faith. And God is at work more than you will ever know. Actually, one day we will know. We pray. We keep on praying. Jesus told a parable to illustrate how you're supposed to come to God. You turn to Luke chapter 11, just a few verses, beginning at verse 5. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened unto you and this is a challenging story because most of us would never behave like this really i would never dream you'd be glad to hear of coming to your house and after you've gone to bed knocking on the door to ask to borrow food it's just not acceptable behavior and then to keep on persisting 
when you've told me to go away? Well, that's just downright rude. Most of us would never behave in such a way. And yet, we carry that mindset, we carry that thinking into the way in which we come to God in prayer. Because when we come in prayer, God doesn't, God doesn't just condone such behavior, he encourages it. He tells us this is the way that we should be praying. He wants you to ask and to keep on asking, to seek and to keep on seeking, to knock and to keep on knocking. You see, Elijah, when he prayed that once and the fire fell from heaven, if Elijah built his theology on that one moment, he would never have prayed anymore. He would have just thought, well, actually, God's not going to answer this prayer. Instead, he prayed and 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 I've lost count and he prayed and he prayed but you get the picture and he kept on going until God answered his prayer it's what God God loves to hear it's the way God has called us to come and you need to go beyond any restraint you may have you need to be shameless in your persistence in asking for prayer you must cling to God in your prayers and not give up until you see the results whether you feel it or not Hear me, whether you feel it or not, pray and keep on praying. Cry out to God, shake heaven itself until you see a response to your prayers. But your diligence and your persistence, it's not to waken God up. It's not to beg him. It's not to negotiate with him or to try and convince him. He is already convinced. He's already willing to help and to bless and to save. This is his character. This is what God does he is trying to wake you up. He's trying to convince you. That is why sometimes he holds back the answers to see how much you will rely on him so that you can see for yourself how much you love him, how much you're prepared to depend on him. But not only should we persist in prayer, but we should be forceful and persistent. Another story from Mark chapter 10. We read the story of blind Bartimaeus. Some of you will know it already. And Jesus is heading out of Jericho when he hears that Jesus was coming. So he began to shout, to, shout, to yell at the top of his voice, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Everybody around him is telling him to shut up. They, they, they don't want him to make such a racket. They, they, he, he is just, just, I guess, disrupting the dignity of the occasion. However, it only made Bartimaeus shout even louder and even more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And finally, Jesus walks over to him and asks him, strange question, really. What do you want me to do for you? And Jesus loves it when you persist, when you refuse to let go of him, when, when you don't receive an immediate answer. He wants you to press in, he wants you to keep going, but he also wants you to be specific in your prayers. And Jesus is still asking the same question today. What do you want me to do for you? So when you pray, Lord, bless our church or bless my family, Jesus replies, yeah, but what do you want me to do for you? You need to be specific in your prayers. You need to give detail. No vague religious prayers. That's not what it's about. You need to tell God what you want. 
You need to be specific in order that God can bring about specific answers. Again, this is not for God's benefit. This is for your benefit. Even when you don't know all the details of a situation, begin to pray as specifically as you can. So when you're praying, I've been praying for a number of things, but the moment my brother needs to move house, I'm praying, Lord, that you would provide, bring a buyer in so he can sell his house. Tell you what, so I know I could pray, pray, bless my brother, and that's great. I'm sure God would do that. But when I pray, Lord, bring a buyer in for the right amount of money that he's able to move house and give him a lovely new home. When God answers that prayer, I can rejoice along my brother because God has answered my prayer. You know what I mean? Let's be specific. Let's give detail to God. Let's spend time. Let's expect God to answer our prayers. Listen, every Christian should pray with boldness, expecting God to answer every prayer. And you need to give God no rest until your prayers have been answered. Learn to pursue God relentlessly with a shameful determination until God responds. I want you to become totally convinced that God moves and that God answers prayer. After all, that's what the Bible teaches us. James said, you don't have because you don't ask. Jesus, in his teaching on the parables and through the stories that we find in the Gospels, he says exactly the same thing. And down through church history, John Wesley, that quote we've used already, that God does nothing but in answer to prayer. And if you truly believe this, then you will pray. And you will see God's hand move. And you will see the transformation all around you. And you will see the changes within your own life. Prayer will become the most exciting part of your life. And as a church, we will begin to shake our world. And society will be impacted. And people around you will be changed. And you will become an effective prayer warrior. And God gets the glory. Every time he gets the glory. I want you to understand that God uses the most unlikely people who believe in God enough to persist and to persevere in prayer. This is not about your status. It's not about how important you are. In fact, God often uses the most ordinary of people to answer, to, to, to pray and to see those prayers answered. The story of the Hebridean revival is a great example of this. Blind Peggy and her arthritic sister, Christine, they were so disabled that they could not get along to church. However, they knew God and they were passionate for his glory. So he met with them in their home and he honored their faith in him. It was through their prayers that God came down in such a powerful presence upon the Isle of Hebrides that people were turning to God at all hours, day and night, calling out to God to save them. On their fishing boats, in the fields, sinners broke down and cried out for mercy without hearing sometimes even a single word of a preacher. Churches were holding four services in the evening, 7 p.m., 10 p.m., midnight, and 3 a.m. in the morning. Such was their hunger for God. Often the churches were packed to the doors with more people waiting outside and praying outside. God woke people up from their beds. Others just couldn't sleep and they went to their knees in prayer. Farmers stopped their work at midday for two hours of prayer. One lad fell to his knees by a pigsty 
and was wonderfully saved. Not long after, a search party was sent out to find him because he was late coming home from the fields. And they found him face down in the heather, repeating over and over, Oh, Jesus, I love you. I love you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I love you. I love you, Jesus. When he was asked to pray during a particularly hard service, just three sentences of prayer brought forth the fire of God. The preacher, Duncan Campbell, said that more souls were saved through young Donnan's prayer than all of the preaching of all of the preachers in the revival. The pubs were closed, never to be reopened. Crime ceased. The the police jails were left unused. Virtually every person in Lewis and Harris were saved during that three-year revival. You can see why Duncan Campbell said a revival is a community that is saturated with God. These are people like you. And these are the sort of people that God uses. But these were people who prayed. And if you haven't got the message yet after week three or four of this, we need to pray. We need to pray. Persistently, earnestly, fervently. But we need to spend time before God. God is a God who answers prayer. God wants us to come before him and to keep coming and to keep coming and to keep coming and to keep coming until we see answers to our prayers. Are you prepared to do that? Are you prepared to stand in the gap on behalf of our city, on behalf of our nation, on behalf of our church, on behalf of your your, your neighbour next door, of your family members who don't know Jesus yet? Are you prepared to ask God that God would come and save them, that God would change their lives, that God would break into situations, that we would see healings in our streets regularly, that we would see people just giving their lives to Christ. Are you prepared to pray and ask for such things? I believe if we do, God's going to change our city. God will change nations. If the people of God will humble themselves and pray. Let's just pray. Father, we stand in your presence and Lord, we Acknowledge, Lord, that we find this difficult. Lord, this is not an easy task. And yet, Lord, it's a glorious task. And Father, we, we know how we struggle, Lord, in our hearts, Lord God, to just to spend times and to wait upon you, Lord God. And sometimes those waiting times are difficult and they feel even boring and they feel hard to do but Lord we know Lord God that in between those seasons Lord those seasons of waiting Lord God at some point Lord the breakthrough will come and Father I pray God that we as a people will be persistent and we will pray Lord God until we see the breakthrough Lord until you come until you answer these prayers Lord so Lord I pray have mercy upon us Lord even now Lord by your spirit Lord just Put within us a hunger and a thirst for the things of God. 
Lord, I desire, Lord God, to come before you. I desire, Lord God, to lift our voices to you, Lord, both in praise, but also, Lord God, to bring our intercessions before you. Because, Lord God, we acknowledge, Lord, we need you. Lord, our, Lord, our, our city needs you, Lord God. Our nation needs you, Lord Jesus. Father, we need you. Lord, we are desperate for more of you. But, Lord God, we know, God, that you are the one who answers prayer. Lord, you're the one, Lord God, who brings life change. The one, Lord God, who saves. The one, Lord God, who heals. So, but, Lord, we want to we be those men and women, those young people, Lord God, who will seek after you, Lord, with everything that we have. That you'd be glorified, Lord. So, Father, we just submit ourselves to you again. Lord, we humble ourselves in your presence and say lord god that you Lord, we want to we want to step out in boldness in confidence but lord we want to be known lord god for a people who pray that see god's hand at work in our lives and lord we'd say holy spirit equip us for this enable us to do this because we need you we pray in your precious name we give you glory and we give you honor Amen.